Rev it up and welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 1907. This week we're celebrating the Ironstone Concorde Elegance. It takes place September 24th, 25th at the beautiful Ironstone Vineyards in Murphy's, California. To learn more and get your tickets, go to ironstoneconcord.org. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. Hello, inspiring automotive enthusiasts, and welcome to Cars Yeah. Today I'm in beautiful Santa Barbara, California, with a very special guest by the name of Rob Miller. Rob, welcome to Cars Yeah. Do you have any gear, and are you ready to release the clutch? I am. I do and I am. You am. You am and you do. I love it. Well, before I give you a proper introduction, what's one little thing that maybe most people don't know about you, Rob? Oh, I, that's a tough one. Um, I don't have a lot of secrets, so I don't know what people wouldn't know about me. Uh, I don't drive blue cars. Oh, yes, actually I do. There but, you go. Uh, not all of them are blue. Not all of them are blue. Yeah, there you go. Well, I'll give you a proper introduction, and we will uh, talk about your involvement in this wonderful event. Rob Miller is on the board, been on the board forever, of the Ironstone Concord Elegance, a role that he's had for over 10 years. Sometimes he thinks it's maybe been 20 or more. Considering it's the 25th anniversary, maybe it's been 25. The Two Days of Fun features a number of events, including a vintage road rally, a Cars and Stars evening gala, speaker forums, an amphicar display, vintage cars in action to watch that tear up the dirt, wine tasting, and a wide variety of automobiles on the Concours for everyone to enjoy. All on the spacious and beautiful grounds of the Ironstone Winery. Rob splits his time between Murphy's, where the event takes place, and beautiful Santa Barbara, California. That's a nice place to be, too. He's been in the construction business since he was a teenager, and today he oversees his family's commercial properties while stewarding several small foundations, sitting on nonprofit boards, volunteering his time. As Rob has learned, there's plenty of work for people who don't get paid for their time. Amen to that, but thank thank you for people like you who do that. We'll be back in just a minute, but first a word from our uh, sponsors here. Give them a little love. Keep the seatbelts on. We'll be right back. Covercraft's UVS custom sunscreens are quality made and are incredibly fast and easy to use. Your UVS sunscreen is custom tailored for your vehicle and their accordion design ensures easy storage. Not only do they protect your dash and interior for maximum protection while parking in the sun, sunscreens keep your vehicle's interior significantly cooler. They are durable. They're dependable for years of use. I have one for all my vehicles. Every time I park my car, my Covercraft sunscreen goes up in the window. You can choose from a variety of colors, including the original, Premier Series, and Carhartt designs. Your sunscreen is manufactured with the quality and attention to detail that's been the standard for Covercraft since 1965. And they make a really great gift as well. Get your summer deal today. Use the code YEAH21, Y-E-A-H-21, at Covercraft.com, and you'll get 10% off your Covercraft order. That's right. 10% off. Use the code yeah 21 at checkout. Covercraft, protecting the things that move you. Most people don't think about their collector car insurance until their annual premium becomes due. Well, why wait and see if there are better options for your beloved rides? I didn't. Did you know if you change carriers before your policy runs out, your insurance company has to refund you the unearned portion of your policy premium? I did my homework. I shopped around and I found 
American Collectors Insurance. And that's who protects my Porsche Turbo. That's right, the one I call my Orange Crush. They've been protecting collector vehicles since 1976. I encourage you to call my friends at American Collectors Insurance. Ask them about their agreed value policy. And if your collector vehicle is on your regular auto policy, you will be shocked at the savings, not to mention the assurance, should something bad happen to your ride, that you'll get what your vehicle is actually worth. Give them a call today for a quote at 866-ACI-YEAH. That's 866 224 9324. Tell them you're a friend of Mark Green at Cars Yeah. American Collectors Insurance. Classic car insurance designed by collectors for collectors. Automotive enthusiasts just like you and me. That's American Collectors Insurance. Give them a call today. So, Rob, we're back. Now, since you've got a career not in the automotive sector, I want to focus on cars today. You got involved with the Ironstone Concourse some time ago. What drew you into being involved in this event? What is it about cars and concours and helping companies and, and groups succeed uh, that fulfills part of your life? Well, I was kind of born into the hobby. My, my dad always liked having a, a nice car. So there were lots of stories of the cars that he had as to, to get around. I think he bought his first collector car in about 71 or 72. And that meant that the family trips were in an old car. We would drive around to different places, see different things. It was a lot of fun. It was neat. It was a different car. So it was interesting. What was that car? It was a 1930 Rolls Royce. Oh, my. Well, boy, he started off at the top of the heap. We had uh, we had a a great collector in Santa Barbara, Ben Moser, and he had just wonderful cars. And some somewhere along my dad's travels, he met Ben, who was a grumpy old curmudgeon, but he had the neatest cars. And he decided that that would be uh, like the Harry Potter sorting hat. That would be a good car for my dad. So we've had that car since my dad bought it back in seventy one, seventy two. We've driven it all over the place, and. Uh, kind of developed a relationship with Ben. So I would wander around in his shops and see all these fascinating cars that were completely different than the stuff we were driving around in. No kidding. You had to adjust your own mixture and timing and uh, lots of knobs and switches and things you could play with while you were driving. I thought that was neat. That is a fascinating car for a family to be driving around in the 70s. Uh, I mean, big, big, huge car, but very regal and very beautiful. What fun. Yeah, and it's, you know, Rolls-Royce earned their reputation by being reliable. And we really didn't, other than having tire and tube issues, the car hasn't really missed a beat the entire time we've had it. You're pretty confident that you're going to get from A to B. Well, it's a Rolls-Royce, of course. That's why. So, <laughs> Good you know, car, the Rolls-Royce. Yeah, and it's still in the family? It is. Wow, that's pretty impressive. That's very, very cool. Well, you know, you like to help others succeed, and that's a wonderful attribute. How did you first get involved with the Ironstone Concours? Well, Murphy's is a small place. The people that uh, were putting on the Concours knew I liked cars. We were friends. By uh, they're, they're in the wine business, and my family was involved in the wine business, and we had become friends and had other common interests, and it just was a logical fit that I knew about cars and I enjoyed cars and would I be willing to uh, join the board? They raise money for 4-H and FFA and agricultural education, which was right in my wheelhouse. And it's just been a great fit. Oh, no doubt. It's been awesome. 
When you think about the evolution of the event over time, I've been to two or three of these events, and I had never been to the events early on. I've been going to Pebble Beach Car Week for 30 years, and but I got invited by Wayne Craig, and I got there for my first visit, and I, I was overwhelmed. It was so beautiful. The grounds are spacious. They're spread out. There's a lake. There's a winery. The buildings, the people. I mean, it's a perfect place for a Concours event. Has there been uh, different aspects of the event that have modified? And we'll talk about the events that are happening this year that have modified and changed over the years with your involvement. Well, it's it's constantly evolving. From the beginning, it's always been a very relaxed, fun day with cars on just incredible, incredible grounds. And it's after Pebble Beach, and the shows couldn't be more different. Uh, you know, all the stress and... Uh, and angst that is Pebble Beach and trying to get across the ramp. This is just a great day, good weather, good friends, low stress. We've never had a problem getting entrance for the show. People love coming. Fortunately, the grounds are spacious, and Chris, the the chief judge or chief organizer, has figured out how to get all the cars to fit on the grounds. One of my favorite things that's, that's evolved over time, uh, we have a race car class that Wayne was instrumental in where you can really see the development of the automobile uh, I, i'm of the opinion that car development happens on the racetrack and it gets adopted into into passenger cars uh, you could start out with the marmon wasp and the rear view mirror <laughs> there you go so. <laughs> you know i didn't know that that's where the first rear view mirror appeared that is my understanding. Wow. Uh, he went without a he went without a riding mechanic to you know obviously you save weight that way and figured he could monitor all the gauges and needed to see what was behind him in the in the old days the that was the mechanic's job he'd turn around and look behind give him the heads up. Ah, okay, very cool. Let's talk about this since we're on the race car subject because that's a passion of mine as well. Last time I was at the event, uh, before it was, well, of course, last year we didn't have it for obvious reasons. Uh, one of the things that they did was they had some old motor cars. Now, I got to participate in the Vintage Road Rally and ride in, a, I believe it was a 1917 National. It was an old race car. And then the day of the Concours, the owners of a bunch of those old cars, and we're talking about pre-war cars, gave people rides in a field that they had graded and turned into a dirt field. I mean, people would come off with dirt all over them, and it was just, it was the coolest thing. I know they can't do it this year because of COVID. They can't have people that close together, but they're still going to be doing demonstrations, right? Take those cars out and spin them around in the Yes, dirt. they are. And it's, and I was, I grew up in, uh, one of my dad's good buddies was Phil Hill, the Formula oh, One champion. wow, yeah. And he always professed that if you can't, go to the store and get a quart of milk, it's not a car. It's a beautiful thing, but it's not a car. And seeing the cars doing what they're supposed to do, which is propelling themselves down the down the road, to me is the best way to see a car. You can hear them, you can smell them. It's just, it's just such a great way to see what it was like and experience the sights and sounds. And it's, it's really a fun deal. Um, Brian Blaine organizes the group. He's out of Visalia, yep. where they used to have a road race where a couple of those cars competed. And um, it's just, you know, the dirt, everything about it, it's really a, a kind of a, a way, the way back machine to see what it was, what it was like back in the day. It's one of the, my favorite things about the show. Oh, yeah. Brian's going to be a guest tomorrow here on Cars. Yeah. And we'll be talking about his cars. And now the events, uh, there's a couple events going on. There's the Vintage Road Rally. Have you ever participated in that? Uh, I am I am actually the host 
Uh, well, that then was you something have. That, <laughs> yeah, uh, that was something that I wanted to do for years, and we've we've been doing it now. Uh, I don't know how many years, but uh, we drive around the the Calaveras County lends itself to driving old cars. There's you know old country roads. There's lots of great stuff to see. Uh, there's not a lot of traffic, and we take in the scenery, and then we go to the lake <clears throat> where we have lunch on uh, some pontoon boats and. During lunch, uh, we have a fourth-generation rancher who can speak to the way it was and the history of the area, and he's just he's just wonderful to listen to and hear about gold mining and ranching and you know the way it was in Calaveras. So uh, it's a really fun day, and then we go back to the winery and we have our dinner under the stars. But uh, it's just a, it's a great day to just go out and take a drive, experience the cars again how they're intended to be. I had so much fun on that rally. I thought it was the coolest thing. And uh, the gentleman, probably was the same gentleman, was out on the pontoon boats and told us uh, some history of the area, which was fascinating to me, having grown up in California and learned some California history. I learned a lot of things I didn't even know. So I think it's a a really cool deal. You're going to have speaker forums this year as well, correct? We are. And uh, I think Wayne can speak to that if there's going to be a a race car, race car forum, and I think a Duesenberg forum is what we're scheduled to have. We have one of the noted experts on the mark uh, coming to speak, and who knows, who knows the subject material backwards, forwards, and upside down. Yeah, yeah, it'll be fascinating. And of course, everything culminates with the Concours event. Are there some cars coming that really have you excited this year? Because I know every year the cars are different. Every year the cars are different, and I. I'm one of the few who has seen the list of cars. We are going to have, uh, I believe, three Duesenbergs, which is quite something um, for any car show. So it'll be interesting to see and having Randy Ema there, you know, the differences and how the car developed. Um, but I usually wander around and there's something that on paper doesn't catch my attention. But when I see it on the lawn and see the owner, there's always a surprise, something that's that's really fascinating that if you hadn't seen it and walked by it, it might not have grabbed your attention. So right. that's the that's the fun of it for me. Yeah, absolutely. And I want to let the listeners know, if you're going to be in the area, you you don't have to buy your tickets in advance. You can show up and buy your tickets at the gate. Uh, what's really great about this event is it's outdoors. It's very spread out. So if you have any concerns about what's going on with COVID, a very safe environment. Of course, all the protocols will be in place as they have to be. But the fact that it's outdoors and spread out so much, everything is not tight and congested, which makes it really wonderful. And the uh, of course, the Cars and Stars Gala, they've cut that in half. I think there's going to be 300 instead of 600 people just because of current protocols that have to take place. So uh, everything will be uh, safe and sound and fun and good to just get out in the sunshine. I like to ask my guests about driving inspiration. So Rob, is there somebody who in your life has been a mentor, been somebody who's maybe supported you or given you some guidance that you'd like to do a shout out to? Well, along the way uh, with the old cars, we became friends with the uh, Matthews family and Marshall Matthews, the the dad, we were, he asked me one day when we were, we were on a one day car tour and he'd asked me about one of my motorcycles and when I had last ridden it. And I said, well, I just really haven't had time. And he stopped me and he said, no, we all have the same amount of time. You just didn't make time. <laughs> And it rang true with me. We all do have the same amount of time. And how do you allocate that time? And uh, he always always professed, when I get hit by a bus, don't 
feel sad for me because I've really done the things that I wanted to do with my life. Uh, tragically, he he got ALS, and uh, mm. one of his one of his comments to me at the end was, "Hey, you know what are you doing, Marsh? Well, just waiting for a bus." Well, oh but, gosh! Uh, wow. Yeah, what, what is he was team? just. It was a really inspirational um, idea that rang true at the right time, and yeah, I, uh, I try I try and remember that and use my time wisely. Absolutely. Well, it's so true. And if if there's any silver linings that have come out of this uh, disaster called COVID is uh, that we've learned that uh, spending our time perhaps differently is a good thing and enjoying family, friends. And that's what car events are all about is friends. I mean, you meet people, you have new friends. I think this hobby is one of the rare, unique industries, and it is an industry where you're an instant friend with no matter who that person is. It kind of crosses all boundaries, political, socioeconomical, race, whatever it might be. If you're a car guy or a car gal, you have an instant friend with somebody who is the same, right? It is. That's so true. And uh, when I was young, you know, I'd have my my part of the hobby that I was really passionate about at that moment in time, whether it be antique cars or race cars or antique motorcycles. But as time went by, I forget how many years ago it was, but I was with some friends of mine that I had met and nurtured through the car hobby. And we were all standing out in front of David Gooding's tent before Pebble Beach, looking at pictures of where we went traveling and kids and grandkids and (laughs) all other kind of life experiences as all these wonderful cars drove by. Uh, we were catching up on our on our families and things that were outside the hobby. But you're right; it's a conversation starter where we all come from everywhere and have and have a shared passion. Yeah, that's the great fun of it too. And I'll tell listeners if you haven't been to a great concourse like this, go and take somebody, take a good friend, or take a kid and expose them to this whole world and go up and talk to the car owners. They will talk your ears off, I promise you, and tell you everything that you never wanted to know about their car and you wanted to know about their car. Uh, it's just part of the hobby. It's really fun. So if you don't, if you feel like, oh, I might be out of place at a Concours, it's so fancy, nope. And this one is a great one to start with because it is so laid back. It's casual. It's fun. But They're all wonderful. We're going to take a short break uh, with our sponsors here. We come back. I want to talk about a big challenge you may have faced and what you learned from that. So keep the seatbelts on. Might become a bumpy ride. We'll be right back. Cars Yeah is proud to support our veterans, which is why I've teamed up with our nonprofit partner, Tech Force Foundation, through its Veterans at Work Military Transition Campaign. The tech shortage is very real, and our country needs skilled, qualified techs to keep our cars, trucks, airplanes, and fleets rolling. When so many vets build their skills in maintaining and servicing vehicles when deployed, Tech Force helps transition those skills to jobs as professional technicians when they come home. Learn more about Tech Force Foundation and its Veterans at Work Military Transition Fund at techforce.org today. Linkage. It's a new quarterly publication and website that covers the automotive market, driving, restoring, collecting, and discovering your passion for motor vehicles. Linkage is about experiences opinions, and values. Linkage is an actual, informed, reasoned opinion based on first-hand experiences. A talented Linkage team covers the automotive world, the people who share your passion and mine, smart, considered, rational, and experienced opinions, ones you can learn from and grow. That includes our passion that drives auctions and the collector car market. 
So come with me and join us on this journey. And be sure to use the code CARSYEAH when you subscribe, and they'll give you $10 off. Boom! Linkage, geared for the automotive life. Subscribe today at LinkageMag.com. So, Rob, let's talk about this. I'd love for you to share a big challenge. Now, this could be something in your career, your life, in cars. Doesn't really matter, but the situation needs to be something that taught you a great lesson, uh, just like the lesson you learned from talking with Marshall about how to allocate your time better. Uh, take us on a little bit of a bumpy ride, but tell us how that uh, that situation helped you come out in a more positive way in the end. Well, my father passed away about 10 years ago. And we had a family commercial property, and I have a sibling, and we don't see eye to eye on, I'd say, everything. Oh, goodness. Okay. <laughs> oh, well, that's, that's really and, blunt. Um, yeah. It's, um, I, you know, there's, there's, I always like to think that I can fix anything and I can get along with anybody. Mm-hmm. And um, it's just, uh, you know, sometimes when you're up against a challenge, Sometimes the, the best approach is to walk away. And uh, you can't fix everything. You can try your hardest, but not everything's fixable. And, you know, there's things that are important, again, going back to time. So it's just something that I've been involved with and mired in for quite a few years. And I'm realizing that, you know, there are things that are more important than the business and the job and the money. It's spending time with your family, spending time doing things that you enjoy enjoying your hobbies, going out in your garage, and playing with your tools, and fixing something. So I'm looking very much forward to doing that as I move forward. You know, it's a tough thing. I've, I've dealt with a similar situation and had friends who've dealt with those situations. And I think, well, I don't think, I know you're right. Many times you finally just have to say, okay, I'm just going to change a course because it's just like beating a dead horse. And you don't get anywhere. It doesn't make you feel any better. And it just makes more of a mess. Sorry to paint that ugly picture, but uh, at any yeah. rate, uh, I think you're right. Sometimes it's uh, it, you have to change the course and stop stop the fighting, stop trying to change things because uh, sometimes people just don't see eye to eye. That's just the way and, it is. And uh, my wife is big on the inspirational things that she finds out in the interwebs. And uh, uh-huh. sometimes your future is not what you envisioned it. And you need to take another look at what your future can become and... I think COVID helped a lot of people with that. You know, we reprioritized a lot of things. Um, we spent much more time away from the, our work family and with our home family. And uh, I, I'm happy. I, I can't even imagine people who don't have dogs because that really helped me get through the whole thing. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, you, you might feel a little sorry for me. We, my wife and I are both allergic to dogs. We haven't had dogs. Our kids really hated that. But we do have a dog, and it lives next door. We are the dog father of a, a dog that we brought back for our neighbors from Boston when we went back for my son's uh, college graduation. We brought little Warden back, and he kind of bonded with us. So we're his uh, his dog parents and uh, try to walk him as much as possible and play with him. And uh, even my neighbor sometimes says, I think he likes you more than me. <laughs> I said, well, I, I, I'm I like the grandfather. For me, <laughs> you know, when the dog wakes up, their relentless enthusiasm for the new day Um it, there's a little bit of inspiration there. You're right. It is a new day. I need to 
I need to put my boots on and get on with it. So, well, you know, that's a great that's a great uh, visual. Every time Warden sees me uh, or comes over, he's always so happy, no matter what, even if I'm grumpy, and just puts a smile on my face. So, uh, yeah, dogs are great. They're absolutely great. I just wish they didn't make me my eyes itch and my 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 nose run. For some reason, I was given that uh, that challenge in life, but uh, I do love dogs. There's another one up the street, Brody, who our neighbor has, and he has been taught to be a therapy dog in the owner takes him to hospitals, uh, especially for children that are going through difficult times. And Brody is just, he's magic. I mean, he's so calm. He comes up, puts his head in your lap and just sits there and looks at you. And uh, dogs are pretty incredible. They're very intuitive in their senses. It's amazing. They they really are. And uh, having dogs is one of the blessings in my life that I've been able to, <laughs> I've been able to learn from them. Uh, that's a nice thing. Kind of like why you have children because you can learn from them as well yeah yeah absolutely yeah my kids have taught me an awful lot of things and uh now i'm a grandfather so i'm going to learn a whole nother level of things from uh this new little guy in my life so uh very very happy let's talk about a special vehicle now you mentioned that 1930 rolls that your family has is there another special vehicle in your life that you might share a story with with us about well there's i you know i've we've been involved with cars for so long there's so many it's uh, when people ask you to pick your favorite child. Well, but, not uh, your favorite. Uh, I'm not going to do that to you because that's too difficult. I, I think just maybe one car, if you had to just pick one today that kind of stands out, what would that be? We had uh, one of the funnest things I did with old cars. My dad and I went on a car tour in Europe, and we had a 1915 Silver Ghost. And we wandered about Europe. We went over... Uh, we reenacted the Alpine Reliability Trial, which was kind of how Rolls-Royce cemented their reputation and were able to use the, the branding, the best car in the world. And uh, we drove over all these Alpine passes, went up to these great heights. Uh, it was fun that the car ran well. Uh, thank you, Bob Moser. Um, <laughs> yeah. And uh, so uh, that was that was one of the running jokes. We would go out in the morning when everybody was fussing with their cars, and we would open up the hood, and we'd both stare in there. We'd, yep, it's still there. It's still we'd close there. Close the hood and get on with our day. <laughs> Isn't that amazing? Well, again, uh, Rolls so Royce. We, uh, we left the group at one point, and Dad and I on our own drove from the left side to the right side of France in a pouring down rain, wow. and uh, just had just sat and talked and drove across France. Wow, what a memory. Holy cow. You know how fortunate you are to have been able to do that? That is incredible. Wow. Yes, it was. I, I count my blessings every day. I've been, I've been really blessed. And that was just a great adventure. It wasn't, it wasn't with the other cars. It was just Dad and I. We, we had a sidebar where a friend of ours invited us to his home in Normandy. And so we left the group to go do that. And to rejoin the group, we had to drive across France. Didn't plan on the rain, but... Well, um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was... It would that you know we just were in the car, watching the road and talking about stuff. Talking about life. Well, as I recall, not too many roll-up windows in a 1915 Rolls Royce, right? Yeah, exactly none. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly none. I love it. Okay, I'm going to be a car psychologist for you today, Rob. I'm going to crawl, crawl into your skull a little bit here. If you were manifest as a vehicle, what would you be? If you woke up tomorrow and you were a car in the garage, what would Rob be based on the personality and the, the guy in the mirror? But more importantly, why? I thought about that. And uh, being in construction, I've always had a pickup truck. Okay. And if I had to have only one vehicle, I think it would be a pickup truck. It does everything I need it to do. Uh, it can haul the things I need to build 
to build a house, yep. hauls my surfboards to the beach, hauls the kayaks up to the lake, tows the car. But I guess if I only had one, I wouldn't be towing a car. But uh, the uh, it's just sort of a dependable, helpful, uh, reliable uh, vehicle. So I think uh, I think that's probably probably me now. A silver ghost would be if it had to be a car. <laughs> yeah, would be nice. Hundred a hundred year old car that still drives around with modern traffic. Pretty well, neat. that'd be pretty neat too. Now, did Rolls Royce ever make a, a truck? Did they ever made a truck during during the war, the first Great War? The Silver Ghost was such a dependable, reliable car. Uh, the British government would would commandeer them from their citizenry, and they had they at during the war they actually manufactured them suitable for armored car use. And the armored cars that they made were were largely on Silver Ghost chassis. Some of them had dual rear wheels, heavier springs, um, but the motors were powerful enough to move it around. So not necessarily a truck per se. There were some shooting brakes or station wagon, I guess, as we call them now. Mm -hmm. But but they were converted to military use. Um, It was very common. Wow. Imagine that. Very cool. Now, I like to ask my guests about how they like to give back to others. We've talked about that a bit. You sit on the board at the Ironstone Concord. You also advise other companies and sit on their boards and help them and give them guidance and stewardship. Uh, what does that do for you? Well, I've, I've learned quite a bit. Um, hmm. I, I enjoy learning. Uh, I enjoy uh, learning about things that I would otherwise not pay attention to. Um, I've been surrounded by some incredibly smart people, often question why they're asking me to help out. But uh, <laughs> uh, it, it's, it's really been a great journey. And uh, there's a certain satisfaction for my family. We, my brother-in-law brought it to the dinner table that there's two kinds of people in the world. There's the leavers and the takers. The leavers leave it better than they found it, and the takers take what they can, which is kind of the old Native American saying, treat the planet not as if it was your own, but if you had borrowed it from your grandchildren. Mm. So those words have always rung true with me. And uh, if I have the time and the ability, I guess I I feel a sense of duty to help out where I can. Well, that's great. I wish more people would do that. It's, uh, It's a wonderful, noble thing. How about a book? Is there a book you've read that you'd like to share with the listeners today that you found to be uh, rewarding? There is. I, uh, my lieutenant gave me a book, Thinking Fast and Slow. It's by a guy named Daniel Kahneman, who I went and listened to. It's just how we process things. There's the initial, your initial answer when, you know, you're always doing multiple things. You're always multitasking. Right. Some of it consciously, some of it unconsciously. And it just goes to the way we process our thoughts and our responses. I'm still trying to figure out what it all means, but it's very interesting. Um, <laughs> yeah. And if, if it wasn't that one, it'd probably be um, the book about cheating in NASCAR. I, those guys were some innovators. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they figured it all out. Yeah. Uh, it's just entertaining as can be. Well, the rules didn't say I couldn't do that. Yeah, well, that's what, you know, you talked about at the beginning of our discussion about race cars being the drivers of the street cars we have these days and all the innovation and you think about racing, you have to be very innovative. You have to make things last. You have to make things work. So, you I, you know, you brought this up and I think, oh, I wonder if there's anything that was ever done in NASCAR under the title of cheating, but maybe not, that carried forward into streetcars. And some engineer said, well, that's a good idea. Never thought about that. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know exactly what those things would be, but there's been 
with the um, creative thinkers, uh, they do come up with some pretty neat engineering tricks that I'm sure get incorporated. But for sure, safety has been uh, has developed on the racetrack. Seatbelt, uh, roll bars, crumple zones. Yeah, airbags. Trying to airbags. Um, so it's yeah, it's it is it is the the crucible for innovation, yeah. and you know everybody's looking for that extra tenth or uh, as. Roger Penske and Mark Donahue coined The Unfair Advantage. Yes, another great book, for sure. Now, I always ask my guests if I could arrange for them to go on the ultimate drive, pick any car, any person, anywhere, what would it be? Now, you, you've already been on the ultimate drive because that trip you took with your dad sound, sounds like a pretty ultimate type thing. But if I could arrange for you to take a drive today, what car would that be in? And I'll give you any car in the world. Where would you be and who would you be with? Well, I thought about that one. So Calaveras County is kind of the birthplace of Mark Twain, and okay. I've always been fascinated. Um, I have a lot of his quotes are part of my part of my daily dialogue, and I think if I could ride around, probably maybe a silver ghost, and drive around with Mark Twain and let him come up with the conversation topics, I think it would be fascinating. <laughs> you think so? Holy uh-huh. cow. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, yeah, that'd be incredible. You know, my son, uh, when he went off to college, uh, he never came back, which is what they're supposed to do. But he uh, went on and has a great career. And he was visiting here a few weeks ago, and he loves books. He's a, I mean, he devours books just like his mom. And I was back in his room because we're trying to turn his room into a little bit of a visiting place for the new grandchild. So we're modifying it a little bit. And But he has all of his books back there. And one of them is this autobiography of Mark Twain. It's huge. I mean, this thing is like five inches thick, just a giant, giant book. And I looked at that and I said, you know, I should pick that up and start reading that because Mark Twain is just one of those characters that way bigger than life. And he did he did a lot of, you know, like I, I look at him, he, he, like myself, he lacked focus. He did lots of different things until he became a writer. I think probably why he was so interesting, you know, riverboat pilot. And he just, uh, you know, the, the connection with Calaveras County and in Santa Barbara, one of the grand estates belonged to uh, to Senator Clark and uh, Mark Twain's Mark Twain's hate, I guess, would be the best way to say it. <laughs> he did not like that man, and it's funny how different places where I go, there's always a little there's always a little fingerprint from Mark Twain. I think it would just be fascinating to to meet him, and we we do fe- we had the Mark Twain Festival up in uh, up in Angels Camp, so right near where the Ironstone Winery is, and so that would be my guy. So you've given us some uh, wonderful thoughts and times today and some great sayings, too. Could you leave us with maybe a success quote, a mantra, or some type of word of wisdom? You've had a few during this conversation. <laughs> I don't know. I think, I think Marshall's words to me were the best. You know, We all have the same amount of time. It's what you make time for. So Exactly. Well, listeners, make time for having fun with family and friends and make time to attend the Ironstone Concours. If you've never been to this event, you need to go. Uh, It's so cool. so laid back. So much fun. There's so much going on. You'll really, really have a great time. And uh, you can check it all out on their website at ironstoneconcord.org. A shout out to our friend, mutual friend, Wayne Craig, for introducing me to Rob and getting him on the show. Wayne has brought me a lot of great guests. Thank you, Wayne, for doing that. Rob, thanks for being so generous today with your time and expertise and for sharing your life with us until you and i talk again i'll see you at the ironstone concours de elegance looking forward to it it'll be fun what began as a charitable car show has grown into the world's greatest collector car auctions raising over 133 million for charitable organizations to date 
For nearly 50 years, automotive enthusiasts from all over the world have enjoyed the Barrett-Jackson Collector Car Auctions, and I'm a huge fan. Regarded as the barometer of the collector car industry, their auctions are world-class lifestyle events where thousands of the world's most sought-after unique and valuable automobiles cross the block in front of a global audience, in person, on TV, or streamed online. Barrett-Jackson produces the world's greatest collector car auctions in Scottsdale, Arizona, Palm Beach, Florida, Las Vegas, Nevada, and new for 2021, Houston, Texas. The excitement of Barrett-Jackson auctions is contagious, and a unique experience is not to be missed. Barrett-Jackson, the world's greatest collector car auctions. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah! Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up, a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah! Yeah!